0: Set your phasers to sexy
1: Hey you Reading comic books Like the way
2: you look Like the way you always mess with your hair
1: Playing PS3 It's just
2: you and me
3: so does Ed apparently. I like candy too. Ed tends to bring candy over when. Oh,
1: when he comes over, I think he likes to bring that over. Because
2: for- <laughs> he a probably snack. gets it before the kids do. Yeah.
1: Probably doesn't. <laughs> doesn't strike me as someone that eats that a lot at home. No,
3: that's chips. True. Maybe. But- yeah, and that's why he goes running every day too. Yeah. Uh alrighty, we are starting another episode of True North Nerd. Yay. Yay! And this week it's the original crew, the OGs as it were. We have Jen.
2: The OGs? Yes. <laughs> that sounds like you're like OGs. Oh,
3: no. <laughs> Not we're OG. all terrible. OG. Original <laughs> gangsta.
1: Yep. Did you know, we scream gangsta. Because we here. so down with that. <laughs>
3: That being spelt D-A-T. Of
1: course. Because, <laughs> you know, what, 430-something white Canadians scream gangster, y- Yeah.
3: Eh? I no. Just, I remember when I was in elementary school <laughs> that there was one kid who basically tried to have, like, street cred. And be like gangster because he knew some guy in Toronto. Oh, jeez. Kind of reminds
1: thing? me of a kid that I went to school with. That when the, when Batman eighty nine came out, he had he came to school wearing the Batman shirt, like the big yellow and black crest. So yeah, going, oh, it's cool. It's Batman's like he tried putting no, no, it's uh, some other like just some other logo or something. Some meant something else. It's like, oh no, it's not Batman. It means this. It's like. No, kid, that's that's Batman. Batman. I know what Batman logo looks like. I'm Batman. Yeah, exactly. So
2: I've totally derailed it right from the beginning with the introductions. Yes. I was supposed to say hi.
3: So Ryan is here. Yep,
2: (laughs) I'm here. And
3: Kevin. I'm Batman. No, you're not. (laughs) You're Kevin. I'm sorry.
2: (laughs) Oh, when my nephew was young, like two, because, you know, he's four now. So when he was young. (laughs) (laughs) Back in the day. If you said... What does Batman say? He would go, "I'm Batman." <laughs> it was so cute.
3: <laughs> I that was a bit of good parenting on like your <laughs> brother-in-law's yeah. part. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I think it was just this past summer, maybe the spring. I was watching my friend's kids, and he wanted to play, and I was like, "All right, cool." I just want to sit on the couch and not move, but he was playing with his cars, and he's like, "Come on, let's play!" Oh, you know, and he was running around. He had a, a a Superman T-shirt on, or no, I had my Superman T-shirt on. That's what he had, and he had a Batman shirt on, and so he was like, oh, "Let's play." it. Like, and he, he's like, I'll be Batman. And he had little Batman cars out. And I was like, oh, okay, well, then you got to talk like this. And I, you got to be, I'm Batman. And he's like just looked at me. He's like, I'm going to be the Flash. The Flash talks normal.
2: <laughs>
0: I was like,
1: no, you got me there, kid. But then the Flash had to have all the same things that Batman did. So the Flash had a Flash car and a Flash plane. And, <laughs> and uh, oddly enough, a Flash, one of those big, you might have seen it at Chapters. Flashlight? No, he didn't have a flashlight. Wah, wah. The uh have you seen those big recycling like Garbage trucks, garbage trucks? Yeah. But it's a recycling truck, and it's got the little, the green, the big tall green bin that you can loop, you know, you hook onto it and dump yeah. it in the back. So, he's got one of these. So, he's like, So, that was the flash garbage truck, <laughs> and it would all, all the other flashes stuff could fit into the back of it.
3: And,
2: I love kids, yeah, it was mm. fun. they're fun.
3: You know what? Out of the superheroes to have a garbage truck, the flash would could like make a pretty good living off of that. Like,
2: wow, he did super like, fast trash pickup,
3: yeah, could clearly <laughs> really keep the, keep the streets minutes. clean, and nobody would hear it. <laughs> That's true. It would, like nobody would wake up from You the could have like trash
2: collection hourly if the Flash was your garbage man.
3: <laughs> so, uh <laughs> this is going to be a theme episode of uh we're going to be delving into fan th- uh, the wild fan and, and yes. weird world of fan theories. Yes. But before that, we're going to go into the news. We don't have a lot of it, but uh let's start off with a uh and End note to something that we discussed on the, the last proper episode, as our listener Dave pointed out. We called it... Um, we predicted the future. We predicted the future yet again. Um, the Star Wars Episode 9? I always get the numbers mixed up. Has yep. a new director, and it is... J.J. Abrams. Abrams. I I believe we didn't say that he was going to be directing it, but I think we said something along the lines of, like, you know he got that phone call. (laughs) Well, I
2: think I asked the question,
3: like, what's he doing? Yeah,
2: (laughs) He's busy on Star Wars, is the answer. Star Wars
1: and producing Cloverfield
3: spinoffs. I
2: don't
3: don't think this is necessarily a bad thing. I was kind of hoping for somebody a little different. Because the the one thing the original Star Wars movies do have is it's a different director on each one, and they all feel just a little bit different. Um, <laughs> but um, given the amount of turmoil that seems to be going on there, it, it's a pretty safe choice. We know he can work with he can work the in their Star system. Wars system. He did it before; he can do it again. Yep. Um, and I'm sure the dump truck or four that they pulled up to his house full of money probably helped the situation as well, right? Yeah. So
1: we're like, well, you were producer, so we'll just you're only going to get paid this much to be producer. Well, I had another zero. Now you can be director.
3: And he because he was uh, he's listed as a producer. He probably knew what was going on, so it's easy for oh, him yeah. to step in as opposed to you know, trying to figure out what's going on and who's doing what like Ron Howard, I think, has a, has a harder job than he does. Yeah. You know well, I mean?
1: And then J.J. laid the groundwork for this trilogy when he did uh, Force Awakens. Yeah. There's a there's so, a story
3: Bible out there somewhere that yeah. lists the, the major plot points. Probably locked under key and with actual guys with actual lightsabers yeah. protecting it. Imperial somewhere. guard. And, I was
2: going to say guarded by stormtroopers. Yeah.
3: Well, I might not, you want
2: to not be too safe no, no, no. Then? But I the good ones yeah, shit.
1: <laughs> but the guy's in red, the Imperial Guard, you know. Yeah. We Imperial never get to Guard. see them do anything. It's
2: because it's tagging. badass. <laughs> it's because it's tagging.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> so, um, along with that, we have a couple other news items. Ryan, you've got a a couple jotted down there, I think. Yep. Oh, so staying with Star
1: Wars, um, there might have been a accidental slash. You know, air quotes, accidental uh, leaking of when the next Star Wars trailer will be uh, coming to us. Uh, Mark Hamill was tweeted tweeted back to a fan who had asked him when will we see the next trailer. That uh, uh, and I, you know quoting the n- now deleted tweet, uh, watch Monday Night Football on Monday, October 9th for no reason in particular.
2: Yeah, but knowing Mark Hamill,
1: the Bears are playing. Oh, that was a guess. It's funny because the Bears are playing because the one thing I read they don't they do no, but put Ewoks versus I forget who they're playing that night, but you know ABC Monday Night Football because it's still on ABC, isn't it? It's or is on it ESPN? on ESPN? Still all it's part the of the Disney, yeah, the family. Disney
3: family. and, and it ESPN wouldn't be the first time those ad dollars.
1: They did it. They did the same thing last uh, last time, didn't they? Didn't they have a big uh, reveal for? I They've done it for one of the movies. One of
3: them, yeah. I, I want to During say One. I... I don't know if it was uh, if it was episode seven. Yeah.
1: You know, okay.
0: at this point, we're, what, three months out from Star Wars. Um, I don't really care if I see trailers or commercials now. No. It... I, I just want to see
1: the movie. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just surprised uh, we haven't gotten a, a, the full trip because we've only gotten that one teaser that came out in April.
0: Well, there is a Thor movie coming out very yeah. soon.
1: Yeah that um we'll see the trailer before that though when Um, what's the Pixar film
3: Coco
2: oh yeah I always forget about that but I really want to see it
1: when's that one come out
3: um just
0: before Thor I think yeah Uh, so in November did they they time
3: it with like the day of the dead or no
0: no Uh, I, I don't think they
3: did yeah the um the the thing about it that leads me to believe that that tweet could be accurate like Mar- uh, let's be honest. Jen's comment about Mark Hamill fucking with us, yeah. completely in line because yeah. he's done it before for sure. But when he's fucking with us, he lets it stay. Yeah. he doesn't usually delete. <laughs> well, that's <each> the
1: thing. <laughs> when something gets deleted that quickly, it's like that mm, someone say something they weren't supposed yeah, to. Yeah and-
2: or maybe that's just all part of the gag.
3: Oh, could that's be. But I'll
2: post mean. it and then I'll delete it, and they'll yeah. all think it was true. I'll mess with them all. Yep. And <laughs> next thing you
3: know, we get it next week. And like this is it, why I love Mark Hamill. I'm still curious if that that comic book thing that he keeps pointing out—the Last Jedi one of the there's an issue of the original Marvel series. That's about The Last Jedi. Yeah, they have that one on the wall at Big Yeah, because speculator because Mark Hamill tweeted out that you should read this book and something cool about the movie. Oh really? Which <laughs> I I've read through it because uh you can easily find that issue online at this point. Yeah. And if it is, I'm very going to be very very surprised. Oh, okay. If there's any yeah, uh, maybe thematically there might be some similarities, but yeah, so, but because of that, like, look at what that tweet did, right? Mark Hamill could have been completely bullshitting everybody. Could have been and, drunk. Could have been drunk. <laughs> and that issue has skyrocketed in price because people now are everybody going wants for it, whether it. It. Yeah. it's right or not.
1: The speculator market. Yeah,
2: yeah. Okay, I really next. hope Mark Hamill's just sitting back laughing. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty.
1: His maniacal Joker laugh.
2: Yes. Mm. Uh, I don't think
3: he does that a lot anymore because it hurts his throat. <laughs> mm. <laughs> that was one of the things why he was going to retire from the Joker. Is mm. it like it's like and the voice is too hard on him? The laugh in particular. The voice isn't too too bad. And but now I think he because he only does it like here and there for and a couple days. And when he's reading
2: Trump's Trump's tweets <laughs> as the Joker.
3: He hasn't done that for a while, but those were yeah awesome. they were pretty funny. Uh, next piece of news.
1: Uh, next piece of news is uh, something that just just hit the news. I think. Well, I saw it last night, but it was on like, every site today. Uh, Toys R Us, uh, our, one of our favorite toy shops, everybody loves going there, has filed for Chapter Eleven uh, bankruptcy protection in the U.S. and CCA, which is Companies Credit a Creditor Arrangement Act, uh, the equivalent to the Chapter Eleven in Canada. Uh, to rearrange their five billion dollar debt. That's so, a lot of debt. That's a lot of debt. Now, you, depending on which websites you look at, it's like, oh, Toys R Us is closing. No, it's not. It's Chapter Eleven bankruptcy protection. Well, they're the, still opening another store here, aren't they? Well, yeah. Yeah. whether that may, that that may, may be not on hold. that may not happen, but.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, the article I read said that they were, a lot of the people, uh, the reason that they weren't shopping at Toys R Us anymore was because you can shop online a lot easier at places like Amazon. And it's true. The Toys R Us website is awful.
1: Yes. So, I mean, no, if they just fix their
2: website, well, I, I don't think that's will solve all their problems. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, that's a lot of debt. But, I mean, I think that might help.
1: Yeah. Well, see, in Canada, they don't really have a, you know, Amazon in Canada doesn't really carry toys. They yes. usually resellers, and, and it's like jacked com up.
3: Has a nasty habit of, of not geo blocking them for lack of not, a better. not shipping over the border. Like because uh, there was a period there where we weren't getting the, the newer turtle figures, and I really wanted that new Casey Jones. And uh, Toys R Us or, or Amazon.com, had it for like months before we got it. But anytime you look to order it, it was like, we'll not ship to Canada, no matter who yeah. the seller was. Yeah. That's the so. other
2: thing. If Toys R Us US and Toys R Us Canada could talk to each other a little bit better, and maybe, you know, some of the stuff that's in the States and not in Canada could get shipped over here, that would be awesome. Yeah.
1: Well, and then that's like part of, you know, they did this voluntarily, before any of their credit, they didn't have before to do Before they this. were
2: in
3: super trouble.
2: Well, that's
1: the then. thing. It's just, what they've done, you know, they've already secured $3 billion in loans uh, so that they can start paying off some of their other, other creditors. You know, just as one of these, you know, our entire financial structure of North America is built on debt. Mm. It's like one company buys product A from them, and it's like, oh, well, we'll pay you later, and they sell it to, you know, other company over there, who's like, oh, well, we'll pay you later, and everybody pays each other later. So everybody could, you know, they always, they always have debt, they always have some owe money to someone. Because uh, I did read something along the lines, you know, they still make, you know, somewhere like 500 to 600 million dollars a year or something like that it's just that they've got this five billion dollar debt
3: yeah and and now
1: they need to by restructuring they can you know move the money around pay off some people Mm -hmm. do all that kind of stuff and get more money in so that they can do things to expand their business like fix the website, maybe even fix the distribution chain. Who knows, you know, redo some of the stores. I wouldn't be surprised if we end up hearing of some store closures or some layoffs. Yeah, a little eventually little
3: profitable stores are, yeah. are going to close. And it sounds like they're going to shut down all the Expresses. That's I the would, one thing. is I didn't things. even know there were still Expresses open. I, I think it's more of an estates thing than it is here. Yeah. Because I think that I don't know of a single Express open around here anymore. Yeah. But yeah, it's... Chapter eleven is it, it's never a completely great sign, but it's not necessarily bad. Like no. the the amount of things I can list off the top of my head that have filed for Chapter eleven over the years that you would know about that, like oh really, and are completely fine. Uh, uh, Marvel, McFar- McFarland Toys, Marvel was a Chapter eleven company. Mm-hmm. Uh, the current president of the United States has filed Chapter eleven multiple times. Yep, <laughs> you know it, it's. It's not necessarily bad. It it is something to watch. Yeah, but it's... and it's you know
1: whenever you those bankruptcies and all that is done. So now they'll be able to you know, get some protection and the bank, the the courts involved, so they can start paying off some of their debts. They'll make deals with their debtors so that instead of paying the full debt, maybe they're paying you know half or three quarters of the debt or yeah. know, the pennies on the dollar type you know.
3: Or trading for stock. Options. Yeah, there's lots. It's of all things that. with it, but. Hopefully they, they yeah. stick around for a while and it's
1: not the end of the toy world.
3: If they do if they do go the way of the dodo, I'll be sad because there's no real toy stores other than Toys R Us anymore. There yeah. used to be a plethora of them, and now it's like it's them. Walmart carries toys, but it's hit and miss of what Walmart carries, and, and that even depends on store.
1: Yeah,
3: um, and beyond that, right? Like, well, yeah, who, like- who else is there? Well, exactly. You know,
1: yeah, you can find some stuff at at EB, and you can find some stuff at Walmart, and you can find certain things at even Chapters or uh, Mastermind. You know, if you want
3: to of all places,
1: exactly. But a store, like you know, in, in the U.S., you know, you still got Target, you've got Walgreens, you've got Walmart. Yeah, you've got, well, I guess in so the like, store in the the got, states,
3: it's a little bit of a bigger marketplace.
1: Well, yeah, but yeah, in Canada, you know, we're just we're we're losing stores. And yeah, when you hear the people, oh, just buy it online, just buy it online. But you know what? It's sometimes you don't want to buy something online.
2: You want to be able to it's go nice to see it in person before you buy it. Well, exactly.
1: And then even you know, okay, so Toys R Us closes. How many people work at the local Toys R Us?
2: Yeah, uh, and we, I,
3: we've become
2: friends we've, with we've, one we've, of the Yeah, it's... we've
1: become friendly with a few of them. Like I know there's a few of the uh, the, the the older ladies that work there that, that recognize, recognize us. me, and yeah. will say hello, and and a few of them that you know, what you're looking for today, or you know, and then you know. I
2: say it quite often uh, for a group of adults with no children. We spend an awful lot of time in Toys R Us.
1: Yeah. It's been
0: years since I've been in a Toys R Us. Except for Kevin, the non collector.
3: Kevin's an adult. Well, I wouldn't go that far. Who's planning his next trip to Disney World? Yes, (laughs) he is. Um, did you have anything else there, Ryan? No, that's it for me okay. for news. Kevin, you had something, right?
0: Well, I think we. I just wanted to touch on one story that happened uh, last week: uh, the death of comic creator Len Wein. Yeah, uh, he he was a, a more influential guy, I think, than a lot of people realize. Uh, he he got his break at DC Comics, and uh, he created Swamp Thing, uh, which went on to be a pretty important character, uh, but I think his biggest contributions came over at Marvel where he was the creator, co-creator of Wolverine and the all-new X-Men, so Storm, uh, Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler, Colossus. Colossus. Um, and uh, those are pretty big, major characters. He also was the editor of Watchmen, so uh, he was around for major, major uh, uh, events and things in in both DC and Marvel, so...
3: He was uh, the the editor on Swamp Thing when Alan Moore came on board, too, which is... That's one of those storylines that shifted how... Between that and Watchmen really shifted how things were done in terms of comics for adults. Yeah. Without that run of Swamp Thing, we don't get Sandman. And without Sandman, how many adult-themed books don't we get? Right. Right? it's... And the weird thing, like... The kind of the weird thing about it is, or maybe it's just the timing of it or whatever, is like he was working fairly regularly with like DC uh, Mm -hmm. not too long ago. He just did like just they just collected a miniseries that he did for them. That he worked
0: on a lot of those before Watchmen books too.
3: Yeah. Oh, okay. He Hmm. he was one of the connective tissues. Yeah. Because well, Alan Moore is not going to do anything with it yeah um dave gibbons did not for what i don't know if they they there always seems to be weird things with that particular series and mm-hmm. dave but uh, i've never heard what the story was i have a feeling that some some money hushed up whatever it was because i remember when it came out that book was happening he, he had no idea about it mm. but he was one of the people who was for the movie um, weirdly coincidental, um, do you know what started uh, pre production today? Yeah. Is the Watchmen HBO series. What? Really?
0: They're, they're making a Watchmen TV show?
3: Well, it's in pre production. We'll see whether it actually occurs or not. Damon uh, Lindel- Lindelof, the, he was one of the people behind Lost and um, behind yeah. Prometheus, depending on what you think of that. Um, he's doing one for HBO. I don't mm-hmm. know if that really never. Oh, no. I really like the Zack Snyder version. Well, yeah, Snyder movie. I, mean, I, I thought it was perfectly it. fine,
1: no, other than being a long movie. It's fine. It's like, I've got a long. Time it's a long book. Movie. It's like so. It's a long book. It's a long movie. I've watched it. Can you hear I'm, me if I'm uh,
2: this far away? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we'll the,
1: find out later. The cat
2: was crying, and now she's in my arms. <laughs> <laughs> Hello.
1: <laughs> anyway,
2: are you talking about Prometheus?
3: We <laughs> weren't even paying attention Cat! Put cat the was cat cry- down She
2: was crying No,
3: she was just being mouthy to get attention
2: And it worked
3: Yeah, put the cat down
2: This is why she loves me better.
3: Yeah, probably
2: <laughs> Alright, <laughs> I'm totally paying attention
3: <laughs> uh, Yeah, it's, 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 it's sad because we're... You know, it, it's part of my own mortality comes in, but it's what like we're starting to like. There's not many of the the golden age and silver age guys around anymore, too, right? Like they're mm-hmm. starting to get slim. Uh, Stanley's wife passed away not too long ago, and yep. she was fairly instrumental with like his success. And without that, who knows where we are, right? So that I think I don't like thinking about it, and it's weird because usually when like celebrities and musicians pass away it doesn't really get to me that often it does every once in a while but I fear for the day when Stan Lee passes away that I'm just going to be like this emotional ball of stuff Mm -hmm. because it's you know given what he what he's done and you know there's some controversies over all of it it's still like he's an important part of kind of my life in a weird way Yeah. yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. So, th- um, yeah. The uh, my piece of news that I was going to contribute was the Watchmen adaptation. I had completely forgotten when we was involved with Watchmen. Mm. So it's weird yeah. how that all sort of ties in together. But it, uh,
0: you said you watched a, a super long cut of Watchmen.
3: I've got a super. long Is that
0: the cut one of... where they reintegrate the pirate? Yes. the pirate comic book into the movie.
3: Yeah, I think uh, Jen got it for me as a Christmas gift or an anniversary gift one year. Yeah, one of those. It's a and not and like it was like the complete collection because it has that like integrated back into the movie, but it also has the motion comics Mm -hmm. DVD on it, which I don't think I'll ever watch. But it's kind of neat. But motion comics are just kind of odd. Yeah, I tried to watch one, but
0: Mm. I've watched a few. I like um, I like Astonishing X Men. That's a good motion comic.
3: Oh, the Joss Whedon run Mm -hmm. one. Oh. Um, The last thing I wanted to mention is I'm a fan of the comic strip Bloom County, and they have... uh, Burke Breathed, I think that's how you pronounce his name, has uh, announced that there is going to be a complete Bloom County set that costs you $1,200 US.
1: Or one iPhone X. (laughs) Or one iPhone X.
3: Now, the thing with this is it does come with a page from his sketchbook, like from one of his original sketchbooks while he was doing the comic strip, and it comes with an actual original piece of art, like an original comic strip from the run. So I don't know what his comic strips go for, but, you know, you figure hardbound collection set that big, that's probably a 200 buck purchase, like if it's nicely bound, slipcase, limited edition, all that. Uh original piece of art, that's another four on average. Well, oh, yeah, just Yeah, you know, so the two pieces of art. So it it's probably worth it if you're a diehard fan. Get the get it all in one shot. Yeah. But still. Yeah. That's a little much. It's not quite the Gene Simmons box set that they announced last week. I didn't hear that one. Fifty-two thousand thousand dollars. And what do you get in it? He Gene delivers
1: Simmons. it to your house. Oh, is it that? Oh, oh see, I, I heard really something right. about that. <laughs> about <him. laughs> yeah, he's like, he'll probably walk up and say, okay, I'll take the money now, please. Yeah, know, for that uh,
2: much money, I'd expect like a finger or something.
3: He delivers it to oh, your he'll house. he'll give you a finger, all right. Um, <laughs> there is an intimate Q&A just, and
0: performance. I just, oh, I had a bad picture in my, in That's my mind. That's not what I
2: meant. He went the dirty I way, not he me. I thought you were going to get
0: fingered by Gene Simmons.
3: <laughs> You don't want that.
2: No, that's not what I meant. That's what Ryan wants.
3: <laughs> I didn't that say. That finger's it. been in a lot of places. You're the <laughs> one that said you want.
1: You expected to get a finger. Not that
2: you said. Not Roll the, back the, the tape. Verb, the noun. <laughs>
3: no, it doesn't matter. Roll back the tape. Everybody often, can hear it. He is often credited for inventing a sex move called the Blumpo, the Blumpy. Okay. Don't know. I the heard. toilet and other things. Oh, so Blumpkin. I'll just leave it there. You mean a Blumpkin? Blumpkin? Yeah. He's often credited as one of the Well,
1: this isn't our all ages show. Yeah. No, that's this weekend at the Barry Library Comic Con. Which was this past weekend, weekend when you're listening to this.
2: <laughs> so I hope, hope you, you all showed fun. up.
1: <laughs> all five of you.
2: I hope you came to our, our live recording and I hope you won some prizes.
1: Yes.
0: We so, will have buttons. We will have had buttons. Sweet. <laughs>
3: So let's get on to the meat of the show: fan theories. Now, this was a suggestion by Jen a while ago, and I really like it because sometimes fan theories can be awesome. Sometimes they can be train wrecks.
2: They're sometimes fascinating. Sometimes they can be a little
3: bit of both. Yeah. Sometimes um, they can be very long. So it's,
2: it's like the nerd conspiracy theories, right? You know, oh yeah, the ones totally. Who, the ones who think that the government is tapping your phones and because well, they're wrong. that's they are yeah.
1: So we all we all walk around with little recording devices that the government is listening to us I every saw, day. I saw
2: a fun meme about that. It was like in the fifties. Yeah. It was like, "Be careful, our phone might be wiretapped." And then it's like, "And now, hello, wiretap. How do I make pancakes?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, now we tell everyone where we are. Yeah, Kevin exactly. has checked into
2: yeah.
3: So, uh, well, that's what they've said is iPhones have made it or like cell, cell phones have now made it real easy to be a stalker, yep. oh, especially yeah. if you're stalking a celebrity, because so many of them do Instagram and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You yeah, can trace social media. It's pretty good. Stalker's dream come. Anyways, anyway, that's not what do, we're talking we about. We will do the the episode about stalking your favorite
2: celebrity
3: <laughs> in, in two weeks.
2: When we well, have a Patreon account, if you want to know. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, maybe
3: that's a pamphlet we could write.
1: <laughs> there you go. Well, it's um, either that or it's going to be leudes of Kevin. So. <laughs> That's how you make money on Patreon, isn't it? You offer lewds for, you know.
2: I wish you guys could see the face Kevin is making right now.
3: <laughs> I I did not sign on for this. Even if it's Kevin, I didn't sign on for this.
1: Well, no, we start to... We're not paying. That's what the that's what our Patreon people, whatever they're called, they pay for Patons? that stuff. Yeah, sure.
3: <laughs>
1: anyway.
0: So fan
3: theories. So, what we're talking about is stuff like the, the Pixar fan theory where the... The movies are take place in the same universe and stuff like that. So, you know, and
1: all the cars and cars kill the humans, and when they, when they, the, the, they take on the personality of the last human that drove them before that they killed. Um, oh, well, there's different variations. Oh, I know, it's weird. It.
3: Yeah, like, but, it, the other is cars is like after the machines from uh, Wall E, after they've rebuilt and taken over the Earth, they don't know what to do without humans, so they. That's why all the cars have now human like jobs. And mm-hmm. the, is, is it, there's so oh, yeah. many it's, versions it's of Stockholm,
1: it. City. and it all started. With, all started with Brave and her using the magic and stuff.
3: Yeah, <laughs> <It's>, that <laughs> one. Look that one up. We're not covering yeah. that one.
1: Just go to. There's a website that has a really great, you know, picture by you know explanation. It's uh, just
3: pixartheory.com, I think it was. So we'll we'll go with Jen to start off.
2: Yay! So my fa- my fan theory, which is actually one that I quite like. <clears throat> is Jar Jar Binks is a Sith Lord, and was working with Palpatine the whole time.
0: I, I don't doubt that.
2: <laughs> this this <laughs> actually makes Episodes One, Two, and Three a lot more enjoyable to watch if you think about uh, about it this way. So I found uh, this from a Reddit post, which I will put on Facebook. We should all link to our fan theories on Facebook after yeah, this episode.
3: The- Everybody send over the links and we'll just put them up in the episode comment. That means I got to find the
1: links again.
2: Yeah. So my you got a week. My fan theory um, has it has it's actually really well structured. It's got three points. So the first point is that Jar Jar is actually a skilled warrior and possibly force sensitive. So you rarely the examples that they that this person used was that you rarely see non force sensitive characters doing crazy things, like in that one of the early scenes of Jar Jar, where he jumps like 20 feet straight up, does a little pirouette, and then la- goes into the lake. Mm-hmm. Like yep. a normal person or a creature could not do that from a standstill. Mm. Yep, yep. Um, so taking that out, it says, take a, taken out of context, you'd assume that he was a Jedi or had some force sensitivity because of that weird feat. But throughout the whole time, from when you first meet him, to throughout the whole movie, he goes out of his way to convince – the audience that he's a dunce and a coward Mm -hmm. and that he's really oafish and bumbling. The other example is when Jar Jar is in battle and he's kind of stumbling around like like a goofy oaf, but he's always amazingly successful. Like he takes down a battle droid tank. He precisely targets multiple enemies with a blaster that's tangled around his ankle. And as Obi-Wan says, there is no such thing as luck. <laughs>
1: uh, just just to add to that one, one th- I've, I love this. Dude. I've read this one a few years ago. Uh, somebody put out there, they did like a scene by scene of that sequence. Yeah. And it's very much like the, the drunken master style of coming I'm getting, to, like, that. I'm I'm getting to that.
2: I'm getting to that. I just like that this one. That was my next point. I would
1: have brought this one as mine, but you picked it first.
2: <laughs> So, yeah, that, that goes to my point of that he could be doing this deliberately to fool his enemies into thinking he's incompetent, like drunken, uh, drunken fist martial arts, where you look goofy and uncoordinated, but you're really doing that to confuse your enemies and lull them into a sense of uh, false confidence. So that's the first point, that he's actually a skilled warrior. Uh, second point was that he is a master of mind control. So you think about it, consider this, two experienced Jedi on a serious mission would never actually bring somebody that stupid along with them. No character that idiotic would ever be made a general and certainly would never be made a senator. But if you, there's clips on this Reddit page that we'll post on Facebook where it shows these pivotal Jar Jar moments and he's always making some sort of gesture like uh, the Jedi do when they're using their mind control.
3: Now, we're we're saying this theory all pertains mainly to episode one. Right? Oh,
2: no, is it goes there's... through all of them.
3: Oh, really? Well, yeah. Yeah. Jar Jar's not
2: in
0: episodes two and three all
2: that He far. is a little bit, but he's they there, still but... comment on it. So then this is a direct quote from the Reddit article. Uh, actually, if you watch the prequels with the idea that Jar Jar might be a manipulative dark character, you begin to notice just how insidious and subtle his manipulation is and how effective in almost every sequence he's evolved in. And just how, also just how hyper aware the overarching plot he really is. So examples: Jar Jar tricking the Jedi into traveling with, into traveling through the planet core so that they need him. Jar Jar carefully causing a scene so that they run into Anakin. Jar Jar constantly mocking Qui Gon behind his back while Anakin is watching so that Anakin learns to disrespect Jedi authority early on. And Jar Jar telling an eight-year-old child that the Queen is pretty hot, fanning the flames of the child's infatuation that is exploited later on. It's all part of his evil plot. (laughs) So then the third point, sorry, this is a long one, but it's really very in-depth and really cool and would have made this so much better. So the third point is that Jar Jar and Palpatine were co-conspirators. So if Jar Jar is putting on an elaborate act to deceive people, he's not a fool, right? And if he's not a fool, it means that his actions in episode two to facilitate Palpatine's plans aren't accidental, so you have to remember that Jar Jar and Palpatine are both from Naboo, and in the Star Wars universe, that's basically like being next door neighbors if you're right. from the same planet. Yeah.
3: You know. Yeah, everybody so, knows everybody from the same planet. Exactly. Well, you know. So it's
2: conceivable before episode one even started that Jar Jar and Palpatine had known each other. And we all know Palpatine is a Sith Lord. It's conceivable that they could have he could have recruited Jar Jar then. And this one is a little bit looser, but they said Palpatine still talks with Jar Jar in episode three. Uh, There's a scene where uh, the senators are following uh, Palpatine into a room, and Jar Jar is one of them. He's the only Gungan senator, so it has to be him. But you'd think out of all of the senators in the Galactic Republic, why would he be chosen to be with the chancellor? So, you know, it could be because Palpatine wanted Jar Jar close because they're in cahoots. So, the theory was that uh, George Lucas wanted to make episodes one, two, and three be kind of like a mirror, like with similarities to three, four, and five, sorry, four, five, and six. So that Jar Jar is the dark side version of Yoda, who first appears as a goofball, but we later learn it's a mask hiding the fact that he's a Jedi master. And that Jar Jar was supposed to be the big bad, but since there was such a horrible fan reaction to Jar Jar from episode one, it was changed to to count Dooku right away. And that's why he seems like it was like a flat shoehorned character into the plot. He didn't really have a backstory. He's just kind of written in to cover plot holes. And uh, so then the example they say was Yoda was meant to duel with his literal dark side nemesis and mythological equivalent. And it should have been... Jar- Sith Master Jar Jar, not Old Count Dooku, that he f- Dooku that he fights at the end. Mm. And then Binks was supposed to escape the duel and survive the entire trilogy, so that it cast a shadow over the original trilogy too. You can rewatch the originals knowing that the Emperor wasn't necessarily the big baddie, and that it was maybe Jar Jar out there somewhere pulling the strings. Now, this guy who wrote this uh, Reddit thing goes a little further that's saying that if the new trilogy is intended to tie episodes one to six together into a united story with seven, eight, and nine, he goes on to saying that Jar Jar could be Supreme Leader Snoke. <laughs> that part <laughs> I'm a not sure. Sh- that surgery. part. Well, well yeah, no, and but we've never seen a hologram. We've of only seen no. a hologram. There's, no oh, that's cho- true. there's nothing that says yeah. that that hologram is actually what Snoke looks Except like. Except for the
1: new action figures.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, the action well, figures don't necessarily know either.
3: point.
1: Yeah.
2: They read it. And the book has down. come
1: out explaining what happened yeah. to Jar Jar after. Yeah. Episode yeah. But
2: anyway, th- I think that that theor- personally, I think that theory is would have made episodes one, two, and three, if it was real, a lot more enjoyable mm. because mm. even if if that thi- if that was true, and that Jar Jar was like hastily pushed into the back as a character after episode one because of the fan reaction, it would have been so much better if they had just revealed him to be the villain from episode two. And then everybody would have rewatched episode one and been like, Oh yeah.
3: I, I think a lot of that theory is probably based in truths. That yeah. Aren't Most theories the, are the, the, the Jar Jar part, like how he was supposed to be more of a character and was pushed into the back. That's definitely true. Yes. Yeah. Whether mm-hmm. he was a Sith Lord or not. No. Okay. Yeah. That, that's up for debate. But yeah, the fan reaction is definitely why he wasn't more in the
0: forefront. Little kids loved him though. Yeah, yeah. So Um, if if those little kids who loved him in episode one came back in episode two and discovered he was
1: a bad guy, and that could could scar a lot of kids, that could
0: they they killed
1: Optimus Prime?
2: Yeah, come on. And if that theory was correct, that could be another reason why they decided not to do it. Because no. they like oh oh kids really like him we can't make him the bad guy now yeah.
3: and like the uh, the drunken master stuff I can completely see that as more out of the fact that like yeah it looks like that probably because whoever was animating that sequence figured <laughs> oh that's took one. that from yeah. the Jackie Chan movies like yeah. as a reference point right so like there's a lot of definitely true things or well, of probably true things in it um, what about the idea though that there's so only supposed to be two Sith lords. Because Maul is still in the first movie,
2: yeah, but and then- yeah, but Jar is not a Sith Lord yet. Then Maul dies, well, oh. air quotes dies, and then they don't have another Sith Lord until Vader at the end of Episode Three. So it could have been well, that they had Maul, Dooku. yeah, because they shoehorned Dooku in. Yeah,
3: but if he was never shoehorned in, no, or It he could have been, been Jar Jar. The, that seems to be the Star Wars work I was going to say, the craft.
1: rule of two, Yeah, that's exactly. bullshit, because, well, the, what the, what he, they called them, the, the Inquisitors in yeah. Rebels. what, six so of them? they're not s- true Sith. They're just dark Jedis With then?
3: lightsabers, lightsabers are force, force powers. powers. And, yeah, and, yeah red anyway, lightsabers.
2: Anyway, it's a theory, and the fun thing about these fan theories is that they're not true. They're just fun and yeah, interesting, no, a, and it makes you think one. about things a different way.
1: One of the things that really, in that theory, uh, in that post, when you're talking about he has clips, uh, yeah. there's the one clip from when they're attacking the city on Naboo, and they're on the walkway. It's the Jar Jar and the two Jedi on the walkway. Yeah,
2: I skipped over that one because I didn't know how to well explain that non-visually. Yeah. But go ahead. I'll try. Try.
1: And the Jedi jump down, and so the, the, camera, the, the camera angle shifts, and you see the droids aiming at the walkway. And then... They're aiming at one spot where you see, you know, where they were all standing. And then, but then Jar Jar falls like three to five feet away on the other side, which is like, well, he fell over the banister here, but lands way over there. Yeah. How did yeah. he move? And that if it's an ex- like, oh, it's an animation. You no, know, they, they just, oh, it's just an animation. Yeah. Well, if why would they animate it that way? Why would they spend all the time to have the droids looking in one direction? And then, because then they adjust. They're looking. And then they go, oh, and then they move over to the others. But how did he move unless he's, you know, moving with the force? Because he was already
3: falling. And when you watch the clip, it's like, oh, oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, that's one of the arguments for Jar Jar being force sensitive.
3: Yeah. And, but now he's been written off in a short story as like basically entertaining refugee children.
2: Yeah, it's a it was, sad it was ending. Part of one
3: of the books, wasn't uh, yeah.
2: it? Like just like or, a,
1: a weird chapter. Just like a, it makes I'm
2: not you sure feel bad for him. The books
3: that's out, or is it part of that that book that that anthology book that's coming out of the background characters? No, I thought it was one of those uh, uh, know aftermath know. books. Oh, Okay, it could be. I'm not sure. I which haven't one read it those, is. so I don't know. Yeah, just like it,
1: one of those is apparently. I guess the speculation is we learn or we meet whoever Snoke was or is yeah. in one of
3: those books. the The background character book, just as a side, I found out today one of the stories is about the garbage monster from the first movie. The movie. <laughs> oh, like it's literally a book of like short stories yeah. about various
2: from uh, the garbage characters. monster's point of view.
3: Like yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, They're like they put out a chap, like uh, a couple pages of it, and i like, "Oh, this is kind of neat." I always wondered why
1: have a monster living in your garbage? He
2: eats the organics. Yeah,
1: but that you still so okay. How does the monster not get squashed when the walls closed?
2: He's squishy. Uh,
3: he's, he's got squishy? somewhere to go. They kind of hint at that one. Yeah, when yeah it, because like, he disappears the before
2: and... the walls close.
1: All right, uh, goes back to the giant aquarium.
2: Yeah,
1: let's go with Ryan. Your fan theory. Uh, I'll go with one of mine. Sure. So mine. Um, I guess it's not even. It's it's a fan theory, but it's more of a fan explanation. So we've all seen Inception. Yep. Yep. A dream within a dream within a dream and yada yada yada. Uh, so, and we've all seen the ending where he spins the top and then we don't see if it falls or not. So we don't know. Is it a dream? Is this the real world? What's going on? Well, apparently, if we really pay attention to the movie, earlier in the movie, when he's explaining the totems and all that, he says this, that, that that top was his wife's totem. And his totem is his wedding ring. And you're, you're, you know, your totem only works for you. You need to know the weight and you know, that, all that stuff. So at the end, when he's spinning a totem, he's not, you know, he's just, you know, he's spinning the, the top, he's just spinning it. It's not his totem. And apparently, if you watch it and are paying attention, uh, when they're in the dream world, he's not wearing. He- when he's in the dream world, he's wearing his wedding ring, and when he's in the real world, he's not because he has it in his pocket. And so, in that sequence, when he spins it, he's not wearing his wedding ring. So he's not. So, in- so he's in the real world.
0: This movie right. makes my head hurt when I'm not paying super close <laughs> well, attention. Well, exactly. And
1: that's the thing. Because like, we all, I know, it makes me have to want to rewatch the movie. It's like, I have to find the time to sit down and really pay attention <laughs> to, to it, it yeah. again. That's why I haven't read it since I well, watched it, since I saw this theory. But it totally makes sense. If, you know, it all comes down to the part where, you know, is that his totem or not? Mm-hmm. If he actually says it's not his totem, but by the end of the movie, we've seen it so many times that we associate it with him. Right. Like,
2: but doesn't he use it all the time to t- figure out through the course of the movie? He doesn't use his writing when he always uses it at the top. I, I haven't remember. seen the movie in forever. I know,
1: but uh, there are times, yeah, when he spins it. But it's like, well, is he spinning it just to like, to kind of throw us or off, or is he trying to figure out if he's in his dream he, or
2: his wife's dream? Yeah, hmm.
1: because if you know, it could easily just be taking his ring off and you know doing that at the same time. Like, but yeah, exactly. It's one of those. Have to rewatch it now. Yeah. Which is you no, know, I haven't watched that movie in years. I didn't even mm. thought of watching it in years. Now I have a reason to watch it. <laughs> so your
3: second, you had a second.
1: Yeah, one, I had a right? second one. Uh, was more. This one's for Mad Max. So Mad, oh, Max, Fury, I like this Mad Max Fury Road. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the theory is that Max isn't Mel Gibson's Mad Max from the first two movies. It's not a continuation of that character's story. It's more of a Max has become just like a title that people will you know will just take on mm-hmm. uh that this ma- that this max is actually the kid from Mad Max Road Warrior that mostly just grunts <laughs> and is the narrator of that movie like there's an old man narrating that movie that you're led to believe is that kid grown up mm-hmm. well in this movie in in Fury Road we are it's narrated by um what's the yeah, what's his name Tom Hardy by Tom Hardy so it's just it's his voice mm-hmm. Um, it's him narrating it. So the, the, the theory is that it's, this is just, this is that kid growing up. So he's playing the role of Max and it's him narrating it. And that's why throughout the movie, really, if you think about it, it's not, it's Mad Max, but it's a Furiosa movie. Mm-hmm. She says a lot more. She does a lot more. He's just along for the ride yeah, and he grunts a lot. He mm-hmm. doesn't talk a lot.
3: There's also differences in the those flashbacks that he gets. the The kid is a, a girl in Fury Road. That like of the, the his child that has presumably died. Yeah, is a girl in Mad Max. It was a boy. Yeah, and so it's also like, it's, it's not it even explains kind of why there's suddenly differences in the origin story. Well, that's the thing. Like it's never really a show that it's his kid. It's a girl. Yeah, but yeah. So that's
1: a. a, a We'll probably never find out
3: hmm. unless it, Miller comes out and says it. Says it is, right? Yeah,
1: but it fits in the timeline too if you think about it. if you were to cont- you know say okay, Mad Max Fury Road. I mean Road Warrior, and you look at the the age of the kid, and then you look at Fury Road, and if it you know if you went real time,
3: be close to Tom Hardy. Maybe yeah. it, it maybe should be a little bit older than Tom Hardy or a little bit younger, but yeah, close enough.
1: Hmm. Close enough to make you go huh, hmm. That's all I
3: got today. No, that's a good I one. Was gonna, I was going to uh, do I've the Pixar that, theory,
1: right? but then I, I was like, I started writing out the Pixar theory, and I, got, I was like, this is too much to write down.
3: <laughs> Kevin, which one are you?
0: Okay, I've got, a, I've got a small one and a big one, so let's okay. start with the small one. Yeah, go with the small The small one. one is that there are no actual dinosaurs in Jurassic Park.
3: Yeah, I I saw the title of that and I didn't want to read it because I want you to explain it to me. But that's there's no weird.
2: dinosaurs in Jurassic. There are
0: no actual real dinosaurs in Jurassic Park.
2: Okay, but that was the whole point of the movie. Okay, was, so let's well, get into it. I, so yeah. here we go.
0: The entire premise of Jurassic Park centers around the fact that they can extract blood from this one mosquito that they found um, well, trapped. Not just in one, amber, but whatever. Yeah. So the problem is DNA has a half-life, and after sixty-five million years, the DNA was probably no good. Yeah. So what are these? What are these creatures then? If they're not actual dinosaurs, plus a, a mosquito probably extracted blood from several dinosaurs, and and it would be a mess to try to sort out which DNA, even if there was DNA in there, which DNA came from which dinosaur. So here is the theory that uh, again, someone on Reddit had come up with. Uh, Instead of actually uh, creating dinosaurs from genetic material of ancient creatures, they just muddled with DNA of current creatures. So the dinosaurs, the creatures they came up with, um, that they put together look like what people think dinosaurs look like, not what dinosaurs actually look like. Which
2: is kind of true.
0: Which explains why none of the dinosaurs have feathers. Yeah. Right? Because current theories are that dinosaurs had feathers. None of the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park had had feathers. Um, uh, velociraptors, in reality, were only about the size of, of chimpanzees. And the di- velociraptors in the movie were over six feet tall. Yeah. You know? There is no evidence that that frilled collared dinosaur spit venom, and yet there was like he had acid breath. So these were <laughs> all things that their crazy geneticists worked on. The other thing is uh, when um, Dr. Sattler uh, Ellie came in and she said, "Oh my God, all of these plants are are, are prehistoric." Well, where would a mosquito get prehistoric plant DNA, <laughs> right? So again they they just their current scientists said, "Well, let's make some plants that look like uh, and they just did some genetic modification to current plants to make them look prehistoric." So that the this leads to the idea that the real reason that doctors Grant and Sattler were brought in to Jurassic Park along with Jeff Goldblum's character the mathematician wasn't so that they could prove the authenticity of it, it was to see if they could pull the wool over their eyes. Yeah. So if if um uh uh, Experts. The, well, the guy, the guy who, who's the guy who runs Jurassic Park, the um,
3: oh Hammond, yeah,
0: John Hammond. He he admits at the begin in the beginning of the film that he's a flimflam man. That he's like his job is entertainment, and he's always been a P.T. Barnum like character. So his idea is if we can pull the wool over the eyes of these genetics or these specialists, then Joe Blow is going to spend a couple hundred
2: bucks to come
0: to the theme park for the weekend he'll believe anything we tell
3: him.
2: I like that theory. You know
3: so, what, you know what though is weirdly, I think the writers of Jurassic World also like that theory cuz yeah. they they yeah. explain like offhandedly cuz since Jurassic Park came out, like you said, we now know that a lot of dinosaurs had feathers. They explain that, like, oh, well, we manipulate them to not have feathers, uh-huh. oh, so exactly. they're yeah, scarier and look more like how people think dinosaurs yeah, would. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, just, that's how
2: they explained it in Jurassic World.
3: Yeah, like I just
1: happened to watch that again uh, the other day when I was playing with my Legos. And uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a line where the new guy that's in charge, after the uh, Indominus Rex or whatever escapes, and he goes to talk to the lead geneticist, that's the same guy from the first movie. And he's like, wants to know what's in it, what they used to, you know, and all this stuff, and how could they make something like this? And he's like, you know, he thought "Well, you, your own words were to make him bigger, make him scarier." So, and he, yeah, he says, "These, di- they don't dinosaurs. If we made real dinosaurs, they wouldn't even look like what we have here. Yeah, they would have. Yeah, they would have feathers, and yep. So, yeah, they pretty much, yeah, they've almost acknowledged." You no know, said, yep, that theory's right because it's all bullshit. Yeah, it's all bullshit.
2: That's funny. I like that.
1: <laughs> so that is not, that is the Jurassic Park theory. Now, th- does it say if that uh, Reddit post was made before Jurassic World came out? Does it have a date uh, on it? Because that'd be interesting here. to see if the person came up with this theory, you know, before the movie, the yeah. newest movie, and if it well
0: worked, um, or- I got this from a Cracked article uh, that's dated July 2015. So then, yeah. Yeah, so, so there's
3: like, like yeah. a good chance, uh, you know, or somebody, you know, like great minds think Yeah, exactly. Oh, too, no, right? for sure. Like, you know, I'm not saying that one yeah. person took the idea from the other or vice versa, but it's just. Or somebody brought up in the writer's room. Yeah. of Like, look, how do we explain the feathers thing? And somebody had a great idea to explain yeah. it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so I just thought that was fun. No, yeah, it's a, a good one. one. That's a I cool like that one. one. Yeah.
3: And like a lot of the the story points really do add up. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly.
1: Just even just the, the theory that yeah, they're being brought in just to see if they can fool
3: them. Yeah, yeah. is this good enough to and fool you know, these? If people? Jurassic World hadn't come out. It would be completely and utterly plausible. Like oh, yeah. there's no holes in it without that movie, right? And you had a second one? Yeah. I do.
0: This one is huge, and I love this one so much. And okay. I've known about it for years. It's called the Tommy Westfall universe. None of you have heard of Tommy Westfall? No. 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 Okay, so Tommy, uh, cast your minds back to the mid-1980s. One of the most popular shows on television at the time was a hospital drama.
3: Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> I know exactly where this is going now. It's a yeah, hospital totally
0: drama don't. called Saint Elsewhere. <laughs> Um, St. Elsewhere uh, was a show about a sort of down-on-its-lock hospital. It starred... um,
3: Ed Begley Jr., Jr., Howie Mandel, Denzel Denzel Washington
0: Washington was in it. So in the very last episode of uh, St. Elsewhere, um, one of the characters, Dr. Westfall, had an autistic son named Tommy. In the very last scene of the very last episode of St. Elsewhere, the camera pans out of the hospital Uh, like through the corridors out the door till you see the whole hospital and then it keeps panning out and as it keeps panning out you see that the hospital is inside a snow globe and the snow globe is in the bedroom of Tommy Westfall. The implication is that everything you've seen on St. Elsewhere happened in the mind of this autistic boy. Okay. Okay. That's all well and good.
3: And that has actually been confirmed by the the guy who created the show. That was the whole intent of it. (laughs) Here's
0: the problem. A character played by Alfrey Woodard on St. Elsewhere, during the run of St. Elsewhere, crossed over and had to... T- or after St. Elsewhere, actually, had to testify as an expert witness on an episode of Homicide Life on the Street.
2: Like his character her from character, s- Her character her from, from St. Elsewhere. Elsewhere.
3: Oh, God. I see where all the connections are coming <laughs> because I know
2: another
3: character yeah, from yeah. Homicide.
0: So... If her character from St. Elsewhere was an expert witness on Homicide Life on the Street, that means that Homicide Life on the Street also took place at Tommy Westfield's Otherwise,
2: born. her her character would not have existed. Exactly. There's a important
0: Kevin... character on, on Homicide Life on the Street named Detective Munch. Detective Munch had a life outside of Homicide Life on the Street, appearing on several laws and orders and the X-Files. And, and an episode of Sesame Street? Yep.
3: So that means, the character? Yeah.
0: He was Detective Munch on all of these shows. So that now places Law and Order, Law and Order Special Victims Unit, Law and Order Criminal Intent, The X-Files, and even Sesame, and Street, Sesame Street. Inside Tommy Westfall's head. If you go to the Tommy Westfall Universe uh, webpage, there are 419 TV shows that now connect <laughs> <laughs> into this. Some of it is because characters cross over. Because, because also, the minute
3: you get an interaction, like if Munch is crossing over with one of those characters, that show's in the, yeah. obviously in that universe. Um, yeah. And it's it's like and the and fucking any other characters, disease yeah. Outbreak. St. Elsewhere
0: <laughs> was, a, was a top-rated NBC show. The doctors from St. Elsewhere had a drink at Cheers one night. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh, so that means
2: cheers is now. I, I'm assuming that when they did the ending of Saint Elsewhere, they didn't even think about nope, this. No, nope. this is hilarious. Okay, the other so, thing,
0: the oh. other thing that, uh, that it's not just characters. There are uh, fictional products that uh, appear on more than one show, like the cigarette smoking man on X Files smoked Morley cigarettes. Do you know how many shows Morley cigarettes have shown up no. on? No, hundreds, hundreds. Really.
3: So I well, guess it's one of those generic brand names they've used so they don't have to yeah, show a I'll brand just, name, yeah. right? So, but it's just production. It's like, there's like something like only like four or five newspapers that you see generic characters reading in TV and movie. They just use the same front of page and like tons of these. But anyways, go on. So yeah. I'm completely so, sucked in. Here we go.
0: So things like this. Um, uh, uh, St. Elsewhere's Doctors Westfall, Craig and Auslander visited Cheers. Uh, Norm, Cliff, and Dr. Crane visited Wings. There was a spinoff of Cheers called the Tortellis. The John Larroquette Show crossed over with Cheers. The Fraser. Cheers spun off Frazier. The John Larroquette Show referenced Yo-Yo Dine. Yo-Yo Dine was a client of Angel's Wolfram and Hart. Angel was a spin-off of Buffy the <laughs> Vampire Slayer. Oh my Slayer. goodness. Oh uh, my goodness. Uh, Wayland Yutani is also a client of Angel's Wolfram and Hart. Wayland Yutani made some of the weapons used by Firefly's Malcolm Reynolds in the Battle of Serenity.
3: Uh, They're also... They're the big bad company in the Aliens franchise. Yes, they
0: are. A (laughs) Firefly-class ship from and unique to the Firefly universe is visible in a scene in Battlestar Galactica.
1: Really? Uh,
0: So that makes... uh, Battlestar Galactica is now part of this universe. And Caprica was a spinoff of Battlestar Galactica, so that puts all of those shows in. This... uh, Shows as um, as as wide ranging as I Love Lucy and Star Trek Voyager have oh made it. Oh my goodness!
3: Lucy? Yeah. Oh. How does it go back to I Love Lucy? Let's oh, now he's going to find I, out. I, like that's a, a, then we'll so, just sort of okay. let everybody well, else read search, it. Cause this while is,
1: you search for this now, so it says all the story of Saint Elsewhere took place in this autistic kid's dream. Now was the kid in the hospital? Like we said you said it nope. was a snow globe with nope. a hospital. He was at home. Because so I no, was just thinking, just because that show and those stories took place in his dream, doesn't mean that those people that he's dreaming about didn't live in the there real is, world.
3: There is that definite concession, yeah. that but there's still make, but the
1: connection of Saint Elsewhere to all those it, shows. It's what interesting. Yeah. I
3: did not re- like. I I've heard this story like before the Saint Elsewhere part. But it wasn't until Kevin mentioned Homicide where yeah, it was like it just the, snowballs. oh my god. Because I know Munch is in it, and Munch has been Munch in is. so many things. And like it's like the monkey from Outbreak, right? say That's it when you goes, watch the, yeah,
1: exactly. It's like, do, you see the little red dots on the on the worldwide map, and all of a sudden it's just
3: boom. Yeah, because like, especially like, um, I think that also means the the wire is probably connected too. huh because uh-huh. I don't doesn't think he
1: show up on that. I don't mantra, know if or... he
3: shows up on it, but he is referenced, and it's like and other characters are too of homicide, right? So, which means it takes place in the same world, same universe, and like the X Files and the X Files. Uh, you have Millennium, and then it's like
0: yeah, it's just it's layers upon layers upon layers. Um, I'm trying to find it. I love Lucy. um
3: is it a brand thing? No.
0: Uh, it has to do with the Danny Thomas show. I'm trying to figure out where the layers come in. So, uh, uh, okay. Oh, plus the Adventures of Superman uh, fits in, too, because Superman appeared on an episode of I Love Lucy.
3: Um, yeah. Oh, like the George Reeve yep. Superman? Yep. Oh, okay. Oh, my goodness.
0: So uh, the Danny Thomas show's Williams family shares a home briefly with the Ricardos on the Lucy Desi Comedy Hour, which was a reworking of I Love Lucy. Um... Trying to go back up here. Let's see, let's see. Uh, the Danny Thomas show uh, was linked to through the Dick Van Dyke
1: show, which was
0: linked oh, Jesus.
3: to. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll yeah. put the link up. It's crazy. It's, I'm, I'm definitely... it's crazy.
1: How well, much just, time? And would Jeopardy. Would you... Jeopardy would be in that because Cliff. Was on Je- uh, Cliff from Cheers was on Jeopardy, and
3: Alex Trebek was also in X Files. Yeah, well, or at least mentioned, right? Because of the the Men in Black episode, the uh, the one where it's like the, all the guys telling the stories, and then like in the final one of the Men in Black, the 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 Men in Black. What oh, you mean the Four Horsemen? No, the Men in Black episode Here's, was oh, X Files. Okay. Here's how Star
0: Trek fits in. Um,
3: oh, it, and that and that just nukes everything. It fits right in there. through yeah. Red
0: Dwarf of all shows. What? Uh, in the Red Dwarf episode Sirens, the crew of the Red Dwarf come across a spaceship graveyard which includes a Weyland-Yutani ship connecting with Angel and an Eagle ship from the TV series Space 1999. 99. A Klingon bird of prey from Star Trek is also in the graveyard. Uh, the TARDIS from Doctor Who appears <laughs> in the hangar bay of the Red Dwarf. It can be seen during the launch of the Starbug in an episode called Thanks for the Memory. Uh, Doctor Who is all connected by a single cannon, the three versions of Doctor Who. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Um, okay. The John Larket Show referenced Yo-Yo Dine. Many years in the future, the same Yo-Yo Dine built starships for Starfleet in the 24th century, including the USS britain and the USS Phoenix on Star Trek The Next Generation, which features the adventures of the crew of the USS Enterprise-D. And from there, that links all the Star Treks. Uh, oh, my it goodness. It also inclu- uh, links Team Knight Rider,
2: because
0: um, uh, let's see here, Doctor Jackson Roykirk invented both the earthquake machine that had to be defeated by Team Night Rider and the nomad, nomad robot that had to be defeated by the Star Trek crew. And Team Knight Rider, of course, was a spinoff of Knight Rider, and um, which means that Knight Rider Yo Yo Dine isn't. Is that
3: the Buckaroo from Buckaroo Bonsai originally? So. Yep the the bad guy company. But it's fascinating. Like and. That dude who put that all together, like,
0: well, this kudos. Is, this has been a like. It's it's, I know. Amazing, I'm sure it's added amazing, it's on over a, the yeah, years.
3: It's but.
1: amazing. So, and I'm sure at this point, there's probably writers out there that are like, oh, we'll add this company so that we can become all personal.
3: yeah. Well, that and it's they're safe, right? You yeah. can't get sued. It's why all phone numbers start with five five five. 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 Oh, it's,
1: here's here's how
0: everything connects in. It's th- it's be- it's through. Cheers. Actually, the I Love Lucy connects through Cheers because uh, for, on Frasier, Niles and Daphne used to read the Caroline in the City comic strip. Caroline in the City uh, crossed over with the single guy, and yeah. she was hit on by Chandler from Friends. Friends, uh, Friends uh, Ross was on the single guy. Um, the title characters of Hope and Gloria were on, were, were in Central Perk on, uh, from Friends. Phoebe and Ursula from Mad About You are sisters. Um, Mad About You's Paul did a documentary narrated by the Dick Van Dyke show's Alan Brady character, which means Dick Van Dyke show happens in the same universe as Mad About You. Oh, okay. Uh, and the character of Buddy from the Dick Van Dyke show appeared on an episode of the Danny Thomas show, and the characters mm-hmm. from the Danny Thomas show shared a house with Lucy and Ricky Ricardo.
3: Jesus.
2: <laughs> so every wow. TV show in the universe can tie back to St. Elsewhere.
3: Pretty close.
0: Yes, when they all took place in the mind of autistic Tommy Westfall. <laughs> Jeez.
3: That's Who knows, awesome. we might be there right now ourselves <laughs> at this point. I'd, the, uh, Congratulations, Kevin. You won. Thank you. That was good. Best one. Thank you. Um, My two uh, I've got one short, very short one, and um, one slightly medium size, I guess. First short one is. Smurfs is actually uh, communist propaganda. <laughs> uh, it's, it stands, Smurf stands for Small Men Under Red Father. Oh, jeez. And if you look at Smurfs the show, some communist ideals are in there. They all work towards the greater good. They follow a guy in a red hat with a beard, similar to many communist leaders. And the characters who are uh, bad in the show or not as well-respected... Are the ones that are exaggerations on capitalist ideals. So, like greedy smurf and brainy smurf. And like, they're not the ones that work for the collective, right? They're all out for themselves. Yeah. So, so it's bullshit. Like, as you say, it's, I
1: don't want to poke holes in your theory, but I have to ask questions. Okay. so But I have
2: to poke holes in your
1: theory. Who smurfs were originally created in which country? Italy. I Italy. believe so. Is they Italy probably Scandinavia. One I think. thought I, th- yeah. I, th- I, th- I wanted. Some reason I was thinking the Dutch. they're French. Mean, well, I love they, they were Italian. So were they called the Smurfs?
2: In French, they're <laughs> les, stumf.
1: les stumf. I know that. Yeah. I know that. That's oh, I mean. no, like, that's in, one in, of so my favorite so father, French so words. So the whole, you know, the you know the father under you know red hat thing saying, well, that only works if they're called Smurfs. Yeah. If they're called the Strumpf, that doesn't work.
2: <laughs> oh, Belgium. I just like
1: saying that. So Belgium.
2: Belgian yeah. comic franchise. Huh.
1: But... The Stumpf. Yeah.
2: The Stumpf so, or The Smurfen. 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 That's Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: so uh, my main one is one that I've, I heard about when I was in, I guess, just high school. And I just thought the idea behind it was phenomenal. <laughs> because, And this is what <laughs> has spawned my fascination with fan theories is that Gilligan's Island takes place in Purgatory. Okay. So, or, so or a was lower lost. level of hell, depending on how you want to look it at it. It was lost before lost was lost? Yeah, in a lot of ways. Um, I love this theory. <laughs> so, the basic short-form version of the theory is, if you look at it, all of the characters represent one or more of the seven deadly sins. So, in the case of, uh, Ginger, you have Lust, Marianne is Envy, in, uh, The Howls, you have Greed and Sloth, because they're not really doing anything, and they're, they just want yeah. money, um, uh, the professor is pride Because he's like I can fix I can, this and, I can make a radio out of two coconuts Yeah I can't fix a, a Can't fix a boat can hole in a boat <laughs> and the skipper, But I can make a bunch of shacks yep. The skipper is uh, gluttony And wrath Depending on how you want to look at well, it He does abuse
1: that poor Gilligan
3: Yeah. Now here's the the point That leads off Gilligan so who is Gilligan in this scenario? He's Jesus. He's, he's always dressed in red. He's always fucking up their opportunities to get off the island. He's the devil. He's the devil. Oh, he's not Jesus. Nope. Now he's the, opposite, he's the
2: opposite, of Jesus. opposite Jesus. He's opposite
3: Jesus. <laughs> now the interesting thing is, is when I researched this, I was amazed at how many fan, fan theories there are about Gilligan's Island. That like, a lot of them are similar.
0: Would you like to know how Gilligan's Island fits into the to the
3: Okay, <laughs> let's get to that.
2: People can look that up. That's okay. I think so, Kevin
3: just looked it up. So, Gilligan's Island, if you look at it, um some of the theories are that one or more of the cast members is actually dead and isn't actually there. Okay. Um, the professor being one of the the most likely candidates because that's why they never get off the island. Is the guy who could help them get off the island isn't there. Isn't actually and that's a really, and that's like they're, they're thinking, oh, if we had the professor, we could do this. And they can't actually fix the boat. That's yeah. why they come up with all the garbage stuff like, a, you know, coconut telephone and all that other stuff.
1: And it also makes sense for the the, the ever-rotating cast of guest stars that people that just show up on the island yeah. and then they get off. Because, you know, they show up in purgatory and then move
3: along their way.
2: Huh. The, yeah,
3: um, either the, up or down. The weirdest one I came across was that Gilligan is on the run from the mob. And <laughs> he, uh, he has uh, made the choice to stay on the island so he doesn't get caught by the mob. But it like one of the biggest problems with that is, somebody pointed it out, so Gilligan controls the weather? Because that's why the boat uh, crashed. Well, maybe he just <laughs> took well, advantage
1: of the opportunity to being lost.
2: Yeah, it could be. If he's the devil, maybe he can control yeah. the weather.
3: So th- th- this the is a topic that I to think we should mob. revisit at some point. Yeah, well, well there's, there's sure all we kinds of other more. ones out there. Like oh, yeah. Just off
1: the top of my head, there's Rick and Morty ones with Evil Morty. Mm. Who is he? Uh I didn't even bring in any Game of Thrones ones because I'd be talking to myself because none of you people watch Game of Thrones.
2: Sorry. I read the books. I can't put myself through that emotionally. Another turmoil one again. similar
0: to Tommy Westfall that involves um literary characters.
2: There's a lot of oh, Disney the, ones. The old Newton,
3: the the Walt
0: Walt Newton Walt universe. Newton, yeah.
3: Well Where, that's not that's that's not really a a fan theory so much as there was uh Philip Jose uh, Farmer Farmer's actually Through made his River it World into into books, thing. yeah. Like oh. an unofficial thing, mind yeah. you, but I like the Disney one
1: with the parents from Frozen. Yeah, well, how that Frozen, was, L-
2: uh, Little Mermaid, and Tangles. Tarzan.
1: And Tarzan.
2: And Tarzan all mixed together.
1: And that one was
2: confirmed
1: with air quotes
3: by the director yeah. of
1: uh, Frozen, apparently.
2: Yeah. Anyway, we'll do another fan theory. Yeah,
3: uh, I think we can, we'll revisit this in like a year, maybe. And yeah, we can do a, do a year? That's part a long time two, from Maybe now. six months what, or whenever well, we run out of show ideas. <laughs> Um, so next and,
1: week, part two. of I think
3: Kevin should keep a watch on this one because this is one that could be ever expanding. Oh, it, <laughs> it 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 is never ending, never ending. ending. <laughs> but, so if
2: you want to fall down that hole, <laughs> we'll post the link on our Facebook page.
3: What we don't know is in like Kevin's bedroom. There's like one of those big spider web <laughs> with, portal, yarn and, with yarn and yarn and pictures photos of all these TV shows, and it's just getting worse and worse. <laughs> Is it is, Elf has to be connected in there somewhere too? Right?
0: Oh, I'm sure it is. Yeah. I am sure
3: it is. Okay, we're
2: never going to end this podcast if we keep no, looking you know up stuff weird, on the though, site. Is <laughs> these shows,
3: like Saint Elsewhere, had weird endings like that. Like the original <laughs> ending to Dallas is bizarre too, is because Jr. gets possessed by a demon and kills himself. <laughs> like, wow! I'm
0: not making <laughs> that
3: up. And like the supernatural element just like came out of. Fucking nowhere. Maybe we
2: should do a podcast disgusting, 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 discussing weird endings of TV shows.
3: Oh, yeah. Cracked did a really good article on that. We'll just read the cracked articles. (laughs) Yeah, there we go.
2: But
3: no, there's a couple. Welcome to
2: our podcast where we read you uh, cracked.
1: (laughs) uh, Which one of Bob Newhart's shows was it that finished with him waking up from a dream? Newhart. Yeah. He woke up from a dream
0: of his previous show. Yeah. So, there are dreams within dreams inside, because that all connects to Tony. Yeah, I was going to say, because I'm sure that's got to connect.
3: So, Newhart is the inception of that universe. And look, I brought it all All back back around to Ryan. Yay! Yay! All right, and as we end every episode, we are going to do geek picks. Let's start off with Kevin because I've been starting off with Jen all night.
0: Um so I just thanks to me searching out uh, the Barry Library webpage for the details of the upcoming Comic-Con, which has already happened as you've heard this. Yay! I discovered the Hoopla app that uh, if you have a library a library membership a library card you can use this app to. and not just
2: Barry Public Library there yeah. are a lot of libraries yeah, a lot that of subscribe libraries. not everyone but the there Israeli are
0: a lot the Aurelia library do. does not they use Overdrive
2: uh, Overdrive is more for ebooks Hoopla is more for streaming
0: yeah well, I mean
2: I can tell you the financial reasons why not every library has it but nobody wants to hear about but that But
0: anyway uh, <laughs> Hoopla has a ton of graphic novels yes and their interface for reading even on my iPhone is really pretty good oh, yeah. it doesn't have Marvel uh, but it does have no, dc I'm, yeah uh and so i have been uh I, I love the legion and i discovered one of the books that's on there is superboy and the legion of superheroes volume one uh which reprints which uh prints issues 234 to 240 of the uh original Legion uh, um, series uh written by paul levitz and drawn by mike grell uh and These stories are from the early to mid-70s, and I can see why – I've loved The Legion since I was a little kid, but I can see why one of the most obsessive DC fandoms grew up around The Legion from reading these stories. These are really um, mature for for, uh, for a crazy – series set in the future with teenagers it's a really mature series with really interesting characters i get like when these characters were originally created they were they were blank slates really you know saturn girl and bouncing boy and colossal boy but uh this run the characters have some real personality and uh there's a real maturity about these stories that I really, I really like. So, um, if you get a chance, take a look at Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes, uh, Volume One.
2: If you really want, I can get you a hoopla poster that has all the DC superheroes on it. Ooh. I've got an extra one in my office at work.
3: Ooh. <laughs> it's weird with the Legion of Superheroes that like that book has existed in one form or another for like all through di- different decades. Yeah, but cool. I only really associate two authors with it, like two writers. One is Paul Levitz uh-huh. and the other is Jim Schuster, sure. who both went on to very good careers as editors. Yeah. Mark Wade did a good run on it. Yeah, Mark you know, that's true too. But those are the two names that, like, instantly just pop up yeah. in my head.
0: Yeah, uh, so the I'm going to read... The, right after I finish this, I'm going to read The Great Darkness Saga again. Oh, that's such a good story. A great, nice. And it, uh, it was a... It, that story was a, sort of a game changer for DC Comics, too, I think.
3: I always think that would be one... I don't know how you would do it, but that would be good one for their animation department. Yeah. Like other than selling it would be probably the hard part, just because kids don't know who the Legion of Superheroes are. There was like I mean?
0: an animated series. Yeah, but that's going on ago. like ten
3: years that ago. A, that yeah. was a good
1: show too. Yeah, but Superboy's in that Darkness Saga, is he not? Was he yes. not part of the Legion? Yes. Then. Was Supergirl also? Because I know there was yeah. that
0: point where Supergirl and was, Supergirl were both.
1: That's how you sell it right there. You have supers in it. Boom! It yeah. doesn't.
3: Uh, yeah, kids. but is DC's it? animation department is of the opinion that nothing sells other than things with Batman, I know. It, which sucks. Well,
1: except they are redoing the death. Of, the death, the death of, of Superman. Superman.
3: Hopefully, it does well, and that might open the doors up a little bit more.
0: The thing with the Great Darkness saga was that. Um, the, the Legion sort of existed in its own little universe, not yeah. really connected to the main DC book universe at the time. So we're talking early '80s. This was like 1982, I think it happened. So when the revelation of who the big bad guy was in the Great Darkness saga occurred, it I, I, I think the fans flipped out. Mm. So um,
3: it was a good story. It's a oh, great story. It's, it's a great story. It's got a little bit of '80s niche ish. To the writing of it Like to the dialogue But If you can get past that Easily enough It's still really And I think
0: Also because those characters Were confined to that book Yeah Right Like the other team Team books that DC was printing With like Justice League Those were all Like their top characters So Levitz and Shooter were able to create Entire romances And um,
3: You know They didn't have to worry About the continuity Of other books Because it was all Self-contained Right
0: and uh, I, I I love it to this very day. I wear my Legion t-shirt with pride.
1: <laughs> I Long live the Legion to work all the time. I've seen it a few times. Ryan. Uh, okay. So mine. I had I've actually had a couple different ones. so I had to narrow it down, but I went with uh, one of the one of my favorite musicals that I've
3: ever seen. Oh, interesting. You're doing the musical hmm. tonight. That's usually Kevin's department. But continue.
1: And they're doing a new run of this musical in Toronto coming up. Um, I have it written down here, but I was just trying to find something else. Uh, this November.
2: What is it? What is it? What is it? I like musicals. It You've is.
1: Oh, yes. Evil Dead, the musical.
2: Oh, that one was fun. I not love one that show. It's Not one of my favorites, but it was fun. Fake so
1: Blood. There's a Splatter Zone. Uh, I'm trying to look up some of the songs because there's such oh, wonderful my, songs as "What the Fuck Was That?" Yeah, I love that song. Um, smart "A Smart Employee." s Smart Employee." Do the Necronomicon. "Bit Hard Demon." <laughs> Do the Necronomicon. Yeah, all the men in my life are and demons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's so many. It's such a, uh, it's fun.
2: It is super fun.
1: It's a, you know, the audience. You know, you go in knowing what it is. It's based on the, I guess more of the second movie, but some of the first Evil Dead movie. Uh, there's puppets. Yes, there are. There's Evil Moose there's puppets. Lots and lots of fake blood. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, the first time
0: I went to see it, I went with a bunch of friends, and I don't like gory horror movies. But I do love musicals, and I was so afraid I was going to hate. That That was was exactly my worry going in. I was afraid I was going to not be able to enjoy the experience because of the gore. Yeah. Yeah. But by the time the Fountain of Blood erupted in Act 2, I was with this show so much. It's just got so much heart. And um, I actually met the woman who wrote the music. She used to to do... um, she used, summer plan, right? fea- no, she used to do nope. summer well, theater in Aurelia. That's what it was. And uh, she's super nice. And um, yeah, it's um, it It all came out of a Queens University uh, uh, the drama program sort of, it was a joke, this show. <laughs> they did it in a bar and people liked it. But the thing
2: is, is that it is kind of a joke show. Oh, it totally is. But it's fantastic. It's like Avenue um, Q. But now Avenue tours Q. the world. Yeah. It's like They've Avenue, a, Avenue Q, on, the big uh, uh, parody of Sesame Street. I
3: don't know if Regis was still on it on at the time, but the Regis and Kelly, oh, they really? were on like, like their Halloween episode because they had, a, I, I guess, an off-Broadway show. Yeah, I yeah. can't it, see it being it, on Broadway. It, but
0: it, uh, it, it did play off-Broadway in New York, and that's why we've got a cast album because it's the off-Broadway cast that made the,
1: uh, rec- oh, the record. Okay. I have that CD at home. <laughs> cool. but yes, So tickets are still oh, tick, Last time I checked Tickets are still available It's playing uh, performances are From the 9th of November To the 19th At the Randolph Theatre oh. Where's the Randolph Theatre? No idea
0: It used to be the Bathurst Street Theatre
1: Oh okay Yeah yeah It's in Toronto So that means I have no idea Where it is
2: Theatres change their names Like every five days In Toronto it yeah. seems
1: I saw it twice I Back saw- when it was At the theatre Across the street From the Wayne Gretzky restaurant Yeah And that's the only reason why I know where the theater is because it was Wayne Gretzky's restaurant. I know where that is. (laughs) That's on Blue Jay Way. Yeah, that that used to be uh, 99 Blue
3: Jay Way restaurant.
0: It was the it was the old Second City Theater.
3: Yeah, Yeah. and now it's the condo, I believe. Of course, it is. As is everything in Toronto.
2: Jen, so my geek pick, as always, is Squirrel Girl. Still because I can tweet the
3: the official Squirrel Girl account and she'll retweet it. Mm
2: -hmm. Yep. (laughs) Um, Still reading the the floppies and. Squirrel Girl's in the Savage Land now battling Ultron, who is a giant robot dinosaur. Um, It's really funny. And uh, Squirrel Girl's friend Nancy has fallen in love with uh, a guy from Dr. Doom's country. Latveria? Yeah. Latveria. Latveria. And it's funny because they're all like, Doom is their god and their president. So they're all like, we do not be happy. Doom does not let us be happy. And it's really cool. Anyway, that's my as always pick. But then because Brent mentioned the Smurfs, the strumpf. Les strumpf, I decided to Google the Smurfs. And so my other geek pick, if you have time, is to read the Wikipedia on the Smurfs. Why? It's really cool.
3: <laughs> hey. so the
2: Smurfs came about in 1958 for, in Belgium, and there's this whole article on the history of it and the meaning of the word and why they use the word Smurf as both a noun and a verb. There's a whole Smurf universe oh. and Smurf it's, it's berries.
1: Smurf you. you Smurfing Smurf. And Smurf economy. Don't Smurf yourself.
2: And I mean, this isn't the crappy movies that just came up. This is like when it was originally came up with and what was modeled off of. It's a really mm-hmm. interesting read. When I was a kid, I had a whole lot of Smurfs, the little tiny plastic things. Oh, yep. yeah. You can get
1: them at Wonderland.
2: Yeah. I don't know if that's where we got them from because I didn't really go to Wonderland until I was a teenager. Yeah. But uh, my dad is from uh, Holland. So he's that's how I knew about Asterix. And, and yeah. he brought all that stuff over with him and shared it with his kids. So... It's really interesting to to read about the Smurfs. So, if you have any kind of Smurf uh, childhood memories, you should read this Wikipedia page. It's kind of cool.
1: Okay, Smurf trivia. What was Gargamel's cat's name? Astro. Okay, you all pass.
3: <laughs> um, I've got. Uh, you are officially picks. geeks. Uh, one is That's a quick what took. one. I not picked... this podcast. No.
2: <laughs> Sorry. It's okay.
3: That's um, our sidebar.
2: They're not going to let us sit next to each other anymore.
3: No. <laughs> Go ahead. You're right. <laughs> um,
1: that won't stop um, us.
3: I picked up uh, <laughs> the new album by the Foo Fighters today. I thought
1: I was wondering. Did, did you um, actually get the like the actual physical album?
3: Yes, I. Ooh. I, I, I am very much albums? a physical Brent CD has. person. <laughs> um, I would buy not vinyl the vinyl. If, I would buy vinyl if I had a player.
1: If you were allowed,
3: yeah.
2: He's know. allowed to have a player. Yeah. He's just not allowed to buy any more vinyl until, a, until a, he gets a player. I so. have a
3: player. I just have to get it here and set it up. Yeah. Um, I have nothing
2: against him owning a player.
3: It's weird. It's produced by okay, – go on. if you go on YouTube, there is Dave Grohl's animated story about how this album came about. Like okay. it's drawn. It's very good. yeah um, but uh, the guy who produced it is the same, like is a pop producer. Like he's produced Sia and Adele's last album mm-hmm. are like his biggest credits. And this is very much the Foo Fighters, Beatles album. Mm. Like it really sound like you can hear it in it a little bit. Except the the last song is a Pink Floyd song. <laughs> it just like has this big grandiose part at the end of it that, and it it's awesome. It's one, it's really an album you have to put it on listen to it kind of from start to finish there's a couple singles on there but it works much better as a flow and the fact that there are like random people on this album that you would never expect to be working with the foo fighters justin timberlake is on the album Hmm. doing background vocals Hmm. paul mccartney plays drums on a song oh nice like Weirdly, the bass player and guitarist for the Beatles and other bands plays the drums on it, um, and uh, the last song has chorus stuff done by uh, one of the guys from Boys to Men. Huh? Yeah, the, the, but it, it works really well. And I, as Jen put it to me the other day, I'm a big Dave Grohl fan. I'm not a huge Foo Fighters fan, but this album's really, really good. Dave Grohl is one of those like people I want on the show at some point.
2: Dave Roll, if you're listening, please come to our, on our show. Or even just, you know, phone interview in.
3: Yeah. Come, it come would, by, would be awesome.
1: Come by the house. Brent will make you dinner.
3: Yeah,
2: if you hey, come by the house, give me some warning. Hey, really need to clean we, first. We
3: joke, but the Foo Fighters have played like a bowling alley. Yeah, oh I know, so, that's why well, I said you know. they had that tour where they played people's backyards and garages. We too. have a yep. decent
2: sized backyard and a decent sized garage. Yeah. The Foo Fighters could totally we to play here.
1: To so, you have to clean your garage <laughs> first. You know what?
3: You know what? He goes on about like how he took his inspiration from punk rock. What's more punk rock than appearing on a podcast that has like. Less than a couple hundred listeners,
2: and nothing to do with punk rock, <laughs> and
3: nothing to do with punk rock, exactly. Maybe Paul he also is, likes the Legion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well he, Paul is he, we you know, know he likes the Muppets. Yeah, well, that we could talk about. The we Muppets. could totally exactly. talk
2: Muppets with Dave Grohl. I would talk Muppets <laughs> with him. Yes. I, we all love the Muppets, too. Dave Grohl, come on our show.
3: So um, my <laughs> uh, my second pick is is more... Uh, you have two the, picks? Yes. Um, this one, though, you is... You know we're uh, recording two more podcasts this weekend. You don't want to save one? Yeah, but this is, this is for a friend, and it's going to be popping up a little bit. My uh, my friend Jeff Woods, who is a uh, well-known uh, radio broadcaster in this part of the world, uh, wrote a book a couple of years ago called Radio Records and Rockstars. Um, very good book. Uh Very honest book. Like Jeff reveals a lot of personal things that I don't know I'd reveal. Like I'm working on my own music book right now, um, and I'm not sure I can go as far as he goes. (laughs) And it's very good. And his stories mixed, his personal stories mixed in with his love of music and interviews that he's done. Um, He did this book a couple years ago. And uh, now he wants to do an audiobook, but he needs people's help in order to get the funding for it because he's an independent broadcaster at this point. Doesn't have a big conglomerate behind him, um, so he's hoping that uh, people will kind of pre-order the the audiobook in order so it can get made. And um, to do this, uh, well, I'll tell you what, why don't you just let Jeff explain it to you? Because he sent me a promo. Hooray! And now something completely different. A quick hello from me. It's Jeff Woods,
0: radio guy, um, writer, Brent's friend and associate. Used to do the Legends of Classic Rock, which morphed into the Records and Rockstars radio series, which is heard on Rock 95 and Barry Sunday evenings at 9. Same time, Q107 Toronto on Sunday evenings. And I wrote a book called Radio Records and Rockstars, and it's time to do the audio book now. And as you might imagine, 400 pages deep, rich with music, Artist interviews, too. It takes a lot of time and production and money. So I've started a GoFundMe campaign. And you can find out more about it at JeffWoodsRadio.com.
3: Thanks. So that, that was a, a promo for my friend Jeff Woods' audiobook of radio records and rock stars. Um, if you don't like audiobooks, pick up the actual book. You can get it through his website. Um, again, the GoFundMe is gofundme.com. Jeff-Woods-RRR-Audiobook. And that's it for this show. Uh, you're going to be getting a lot more of us than you usually get because uh, this Sunday... What What's the Sunday, Kevin? Something Sunday you're excited the, about. This
0: is the premiere of Star Trek
1: Discovery. Woo! Finally! I'm so excited. Now, you're not worried with the CBS banning early reviews? No.
0: No, I'm not. I think it just...
3: We're not an official review thing and CBS is never going to consider us in that faction, so uh, I ain't worried.
1: No, no, but I'm not... Talking about that, I mean, you're not worried that they're trying to muzzle people There's because a, yeah, of bad they're, reviews. They're not
0: allowed to. you are not allowed to release the reviews until after the premiere. Yeah, uh, but that
3: that's standard for a lot of. And things. they
0: didn't send screeners to reviewers
3: either. If you wanted nah. to,
0: if you wanted to see it in advance, and you're a reviewer, you had to go to New York or Los Angeles.
3: You know what? I would uh, I would normally say like uh, that's kind of shitty, but at the same time, is the chance of piracy. Especially with something like Star mm-hmm. Trek is great, so I, mm-hmm. I completely understand. that.
0: Yep. So yeah, so we will be recording a Star Trek Discovery reaction podcast this week, live
1: from my couch.
3: Live from your couch. Yeah,
2: well, we're we watching it at to, my house. That's how we need to start the podcast. Yeah. Live right, from, from Ryan's, Ryan's couch.
3: couch. <laughs> we'll do it in the. I can do it in the Saturday Night Live way. Sure. <laughs> Live Don't r- spoil Ryan it all couch. now. Well,
2: we'll call it the Nerds on Location. It's there you go.
3: Star Trek Discovery Reaction Episode with Kevin, <laughs> Ryan, Jen. Musical guest, Sting.
2: <laughs> it's the only
3: impression i
2: can
1: And the sad thing is, that episode might come out before this.
2: <laughs> Possibly. Which will make this part either really funny or kind of confusing. Exactly. <laughs> Wibbly wobbly timey wimey. Uh, uh, yeah. I can fall. do that
3: opening in pre-production though. So yeah. I, can, I can tack it on. It was, I, had, I wish I had some... I'll have to look for some public domainy Star Treky sounding music that I can use without us getting sued or a cease and desist.
1: Well, you we could just use the our regular that you know, such oh, yeah. a phasers to sexy.
3: Yeah, I can just use the I'll use the instrumental track. I there use that the at the back end. Mm-hmm. But um, so yeah, so that's behind the scenes Hopefully stuff. you Stop listened listening. to that show, or hopefully you've listened to that show. Hopefully you're just still listening. Hopefully you're still listening. I, I'd like to take the the this brief moment to thank everybody who is listening and who has been telling us they've listened.
0: Yeah, I wanted to mention that uh, on our Facebook page we've had some some comments. Thank you so much to uh, Rose Ty uh, for your feedback on our Fan Expo episode. Uh, Ryan's brother Drew has been leaving some feedback as well. And uh, some other people as well. So um, you know, we we like getting your feedback, and uh, thank you for letting us know you're listening.
3: Are good for well, my good friend Gavin has been. Um, if you go to the group page, uh, he is still updating the uh, the Geek Picks list until Excellent. we figure out how to move that over. Uh, except
1: um, he hasn't for a little bit, but I guess that's
3: kind of... He's, he has a valid excuse. Yes, he is currently kind of. in South Africa. Yeah. He because wo- he
2: got married. Yeah. Yes.
3: And, uh, and
0: that's where you go when you get married is South Africa? No, that's
3: a... Um,
2: Apparently.
1: He went on an African lion safari. Oh.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He and his he and his wife uh, are both big travelers. Like that was one you. of the few places neither one of them again. had been. So and, uh, <laughs> the pictures look awesome, by the way, Gavin. I'm looking forward to talking to you when you get back, because there's a good chance he'll download this for the plane. Excellent. <laughs> oh, he might be back by the time this ends. Either is. way, yeah. he'll hear it. Uh, maybe I'll put this episode up early. Uh, we'll see how much Ooh. work I get done on
2: just for Gavin.
3: No, more for because I've also got the Star Trek episode to put up
0: and the Barry Library Con episode.
3: And really? the Barry Library Con episode will be up shortly after that. And, and we've there's got still leftover
1: stuff from Fan
0: Expo. Fan Expo.
3: I've got the Jim Zub panel and the Legends panel. The Legends well, panel might uh, <laughs> might be one of those things I hold on to because I know use in, that later. I know at some point next year, Jen and I are gone for two weeks, so vacation. Uh, the- So we'll just just record without you.
2: Yeah, Yeah. we can totally leave all the stuff. Ryan, hit this (laughs) button. Okay. And we're going.
1: (laughs) But for
0: Kevin. the
2: Ryan Show starring Ryan and Kevin. (laughs) Somebody's
1: going to have to watch your cats.
0: (laughs) That's true.
2: true.
1: (laughs) Anyway, that's all behind the scenes stuff still. We can. uh, Yeah.
3: Yeah. For (laughs) Ryan, Kevin and Jen, this is Brent. And stay tuned for. Whichever episode gets posted up in whichever order we post it. Oh, God, this sometimes gets, like, Time Lord headache.
2: Speaking of Inception.
3: Yeah.
1: We've a whole new fan theory on what happened to the episodes. (laughs)
2: Like our missing episode three. Yeah. (laughs)
1: We do
0: have some lost episodes, too, that were recorded and never released. Yeah. Uh And they will never be released.
3: Well, maybe. (laughs) We will see. Anyways, Anyways. uh, stay tuned. Hopefully you're enjoying all this. Bye. 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 Yeah. Set your phasers to sexy. You've been listening to the True North Nerds, recorded at the Utility Cupcake Research Kitchen. Reach the nerds on Twitter at True North Nerds, on Facebook under surprise True North Nerds, and you can reach them by email at True Nerds at gmail.com. If you like the opening theme song, it's called Set Your Phasers to Sexy by Kirby Crackle from the album Sounds Like You. Please go to kirbycracklemusic.com or look them up on iTunes and buy everything that they have made. You won't regret it. Set Your
0: Phasers to Sexy